As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right, over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs. Also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well-being. So take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Hello and welcome to the Karma You podcast. This is your host, Chloe Brotheridge. I'm a coach, a hypnotherapist, and I'm the author of The Anxiety Solution and Brave New Girl. And this podcast is all about helping you to become your calmest, happiest, and most confident self. Thank you so much for joining me today. I am joined on the podcast by the completely lovely Ella Mills, aka Deliciously Ella, who is someone that I've followed since probably very early in her career, back when I was making sweet potato brownies, trying to sort my diet out when I was having loads of weird autoimmune issues. And that was a massive help to me. And I've been a big fan ever since. So we chat about what wellness means in this day and age and why it gets a bad rap and how we can make the most of it without it becoming something negative in our lives. We talk about her experiences of anxiety. She has experienced anxiety twice in her life and she shares the stories around that. We talk about dealing with criticism and how we can start to recognise what we can use as constructive criticism and what we can just let go of. And we also talk about Ella's advice for those thinking of starting a business. And this is incredibly helpful and insightful. So I'd love to invite you to come on over to my website. It's got a brand new look. It's looking pretty good if I do say so myself, karmayou.com. On there, you're going to find details about my app. You're going to find loads of free downloads there for anxiety, for confidence, for the inner critic. And you're going to find things like the show notes for this podcast. Or if you like to watch videos instead of listening to things, or you've got a friend who does, I have been recording all my podcasts as YouTube videos, but all the ones with guests at least. So you can head over there if you want to watch on your lunch break or something like that. It's karmayou.com. So let's get into the episode with Ella. So welcome, Mills. Ella. Thank you so much for joining me today. How are you? Yeah, I'm good. Thank you. How are you? I'm really good. Yeah, really good. Thank you. Um, I'm very excited to speak to you. I um, have been following you since I think 2013 or 2014. I was making your sweet potato brownies 
when I was really struggling with weird health symptoms that no doctor could really explain and finding you and what you were doing was such a massive um, help because um, it really helped with the weird symptoms that I was having and I felt so much less alone knowing that there were other people who kind of had to have diets that were kind of a little bit out of the ordinary yeah so thank you so much for everything that you do yeah pleasure You're original original delicious yellow follower then that's amazing yes. thank yes, you yes yes yeah so can you say a bit about how how you are at the moment how are things with everything that's going on in the world are you kind of working from home how's all of that going yeah so we've been working I mean it's been so long now hasn't it it's been since kind of middle of March that we've been working at home so yeah almost four months um which I think I don't know do you know what I feel like it depends what day you ask me you know, yeah. some, I definitely, I'm an emotional person anyway, so I'm definitely an up and a down kind of person, but I feel like some days I literally couldn't think working from home was better and I'm loving it and I'm loving the quietness of not commuting and not having that. We, our office is in Soho as well in central London. And so there is a, just a innate busyness in being in that part of what the world. And then other days I miss it so much and I miss a that sense of kind of getting up and getting dressed and um, being with lots of people and, and the kind of buzz and, and the energy you get from that. So yeah, it, it really depends, but I have to say I've, I was pregnant last summer as well. I'm pregnant this summer. There's a theme at the moment. And um, I have to say working from home is very nice when you're pregnant. Yes. Yeah. It's a lot more comfortable. And I, um, I do really, 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 really appreciate that waddling down oxford street when it was like 30 degrees last year was oh, wow. just not like the best few minutes of my life yeah 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 yeah. i can imagine yeah i'm sure lots of lots of us i know for me as well it, it's kind of up and down at the moment it's it's changeable we're not the same every day i guess that's like life normally but maybe it's intensified in lockdown because things are just more intense generally so yeah, thank you for sharing that. I'm very excited about your new book, Quick and Easy. And I follow a plant-based diet myself. And I think things being quick and easy is just basically what we're all looking for right now. So do you have any, what would you say for people who are wanting to know just any kind of key tips that you have for having a plant-based diet and, and doing it in a quick and easy way? I think with anything in life, um, your diet, you, the way you look after your mental health, your exercise, you know, relationships, everything. Like it has to feel sustainable in terms of like long-term doable options. And I think sometimes that that's what goes wrong when people, even if it's not about a plant-based diet, it's just about kind of maybe a healthier diet and trying to include more fresh fruit and veg and things like that in their diets. And I think there's this kind of immediate thought and reaction of like oh I've got to be super healthy so I've got, I've got to have a salad you know I'm going to have like a lettuce salad and with grated carrot and cucumber and tomatoes and I mean it's just so boring it's unbelievable it's going to last like two minutes yeah and for me they're like the most important thing is that things taste good because then you want to keep coming back to them and I think again like obviously you know the focus on mental health like it's so important to feel satisfied and it's so important to feel like you're doing something that feels good, you know, it feels positive and you have lots of energy on a kind of physical level from it, but from a mental level, you feel happy and satisfied and excited um, by what you're doing. And I think that's key, but then equally that's great, but it only actually works in your lifestyle if it 
is doable in the sense that it's like actually manageable and I think for most people that means it has to be quick because I mean especially at the moment I, I don't know about you guys but I am not used to making 21 meals a week um, you know because normally if you're in the office we, we we do team lunch in the office every day anyway and then you know, we'd go out maybe every now and again for a meal, might go to a friend's house or, you know, you just grab something on the way home and it's just so different. And now we're sitting at home and so we're having three meals a day, seven days a week at home. And that is, that has been really, really, really different. And so I have appreciated kind of like batch cooking and things like that more than ever before. Mm, yeah, it's, I can't imagine if people have got lots of kids, what's that, what that's like, just cooking three meals a day for lots of people and yeah. how intense that must be. Um, yeah. Okay. So, so having a, having an approach of not, not making it too complicated and, and keeping it simple. Definitely. I started off lockdown really into cooking, like really making a big effort kind of waned in the middle. And now I feel like I've got like a second wind and I'm getting back into cooking again. So um, yeah. I think that's like last. the ultimate example of lockdown though, isn't it? It's like, it's like there's never been more flux, really. I feel like some days you said some days you're like really into it and you're loving the time and these new opportunities to have hobbies that you might not have been able to do before because you're, you know, losing that time to things like commuting. And then you have days where you're just like, I just cannot be bothered <laughs> with anything anymore. Yeah, totally. I really want to talk about with you, um, and I know you mentioned it in the beginning of your book, um, wellness. And it's such a, a term that we hear so much. And I think we've kind of lost our connection with what that is, or it, it's become quite an overwhelming thing. Um, or there's been a, a sort of a backlash, I suppose, in some ways to the term or to the, the sort of approaches. What does, what does wellness mean to you? It's a great question. And I, I, it's a really challenging word. I think, um, it's so nuanced, like it just, it has so many layers to it. And I think it, it triggers different things in different people. And I'm really, really aware of that, but equal, like equally, I'm not sure what's a better word, you know, our health, but then that sounds quite like GP surgery. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and um, so, yeah, it's hard to know exactly how to kind of describe it. But I think the main the main thing is that it's, you know, and I, and I totally understand why it's happened. But I think the reality is, is what's interesting in terms of makes a good article is not carrots. You know, carrots and lentils are not interesting <laughs> like I don't have anything to say about carrots and lentils um we all know them you know kind of been there done that we're not eating them we know that you know only one in four adults in the UK manages to get their five a day for example you know so so we're not eating enough of those sorts of foods but the thing is is what's become interesting to some you know for want of a better word in the last like five to ten years is the weird and the wacky and the wonderful and as a result that's kind of what's garnished the news and the headlines and the, the kind of clickbait for want of a better expression yeah and I think that for wellness or our health has become so much more synonymous with things like superfoods and kind of weird and wacky things coming out of places like LA and that's not to say you shouldn't do them or, or anything like that but I think 
it's just become so confusing for people because as i said i think we we all know that we need to eat a few more vegetables and that we do need our five a day you know for all kinds of reasons you know again coming back to mental health the fact that our brain and our gut are directly linked through the gut brain axis and our gut's favorite food is fiber and so there's a reason we need a certain amount of fiber in our day and the vast majority of us again are not meeting that by almost 50 percent you know so there's a real disconnect there and and you know like researchers are now saying you should have 30 different plant-based foods every single week but if you're going to have 30 different plant-based foods every single week you're going to need to eat quite a lot of plant-based foods and quite a lot of meals with a high plant content in them in order to make that happen um but so so we do need more of this but i think it has it has become off-putting for people because i think the the feeling is like oh if you want to be part of that kind of conversation you've got to do all these weird and wacky things and buy all these weird and wacky things and you know they won't be available in your local tesco and i think that's that is a, a slight problem and if people want to do anything extra on the top you know it's like add the fairy dust try it whatever works for you i don't have any criticism of any of it but i just think that the kind of basics of you know taking care of ourselves a bit more whether that is trying to make something for lunch that's fresh whether that is you know trying to go on a walk every day or do even just like a 10 minute online yoga video or pilates video or hit video whatever it is that you enjoy you know trying to turn your phone off for an hour just trying to maybe try a meditation app for five minutes like nothing complicated just really five minutes here five minutes there but i think sometimes we've become quite divorced from that in amongst like the confusion of all the weird and wacky messaging Mm -hmm. yeah yeah so lentils and carrots it could be as simple as you know more vegetables and i hadn't heard that um start about 30 different plant-based foods a week how would you i'm trying to think how you would visualize that in terms of day by day is that it's quite easy i yeah. say that. i mean because it's it's not like just fruit and veg it's you know sunflower seeds and pumpkin seeds both count as two okay. so if you like toasted some of those and put those on the salad that would be two and you know oats count as one and rice counts as another and so on and so forth so it's it but you just i guess it's just in it's the importance of variety effectively so you know trying to just mix it up a little bit yeah okay good to know good to know um i was curious about whether there were any weird and wonderful uh wellness concepts that you were interested in or that you'd find helpful um are there things that you do or things that you've tried that that do really work for you yeah i mean i feel like i'm really open-minded and it's not as i said it's, it's always an interesting one to talk about because i don't feel critical of it at all i think some of it's so interesting I just think that it can be a barrier and that it's not necessary. It's not necessary. Like what's necessary is like moving our bodies a bit more, eating those carrots and those lentils and, you know, our potatoes and our rice and things like that. And these are all just, you know, if you want to do them great, but I think, yeah, I'm, I'm fascinated by, by this space and, and all the kind of goings on in it. I think, you know, for example, like one of the most amazing experiences I've had is for example, like crystal sound healing, you know, where, they're playing the kind of gongs and there's yeah the crystals and things like that and it's a sort of guided meditation kind of yoga nidra type setup and I've never felt such relaxation in my life I but it's um 
yeah but but those are the sorts of things that i think some people think what on earth are you talking about and i know like i might some of my friends and family think oh my goodness you know when you start going into that into that territory but i i find it yeah fascinating and and thinking i've had some really amazing experiences with with practices like that mm. Yeah, yeah, me too. I, I definitely am up for trying any of those sorts of things. And I think, you know, quite often things can surprise you. You know, you might go into something like that, like get dragged along to a a gong bath or a, I don't know, like, yeah, a sound healing or um, trying something like CBD oil because someone recommends it to you and then actually you get surprised because it does work for you. And I think if it works, then it works. I think we should be open to trying different things. Totally. I think there is you know, on the flip side of what we're saying, I think there is a lack of open-mindedness that we see just too much. And I think if something works for you and there's there's no kind of evident negative repercussions of it, then then why not? Who cares? You know, if the placebo effect is the only reason why it works, who cares? It doesn't matter, it works. And like, it's as simple as that. And I think sometimes we do, we are quite quick to judge and we are quite quick to dismantle um, what what really works for people and literally like who cares why it works if it works it works and that's all that actually matters yeah i think we should be maximizing the placebo effect as much as possible you know it's 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 in some studies comparable to to medication i mean even with um antidepressants you know placebos perform pretty well in instead of um antidepressants so yeah we should definitely be trying to use those obviously in a safe way um but yeah definitely being open to trying things um I was interested to know whether you have experienced anxiety um in your life and what was that experience like for you and other ways that you deal with it personally yeah I've had it I mean as as everyone you know occasionally but I've had it kind of I guess as a kind of about for want of a better word and the kind of inexperienced twice um the the most recent time was after sky my daughter was born so last um last year and i just felt kind of so terrified by the responsibility and i just found myself overthinking everything like did I turn off every appliance in the kitchen i just need to go and triple check like is the front door definitely locked for the night like I just triple quadruple check like is she still breathing and you just you know I remember like you know being in the bath with her and being like oh my god she's so fragile like you, you know I'm I'm fully in charge what happens if I drop her and and like what happens if you know you're walking down the stairs and it just was like oh my god I'm gonna fall down the stairs and it's like I've never fallen down the stairs there's no reason like logically to think for some reason today I'm going to fall down the stairs just because I'm holding her and being more careful than I've ever been in my whole life. But I found, yeah, I found the kind of, I guess, and it's a mixture probably of complete exhaustion and hormones wrapped up with this new level of responsibility, which you're not prepared for in any shape or form. Um, you know, and especially like I was breastfeeding to start with and it's like, I am literally keeping this child alive in like every sense of the word. And am I doing it right? Um, and I'm sure that's a very normal experience for people with early motherhood but I did find it for the first like couple of months I found it really really overwhelming um and that sense of responsibility in in shaping someone else's life and and that they you know she's she's almost one now and and she's 
you know, she's, she's still very dependent on us, but she's still, I feel like she has her opinions and she'll express stuff and, and she'll let us know. But, you know, when she's like three weeks old, she can't do any of that. Like she's just fully, fully like so vulnerable. And I found that quite, yeah, I, I had a lot of anxiety about that. I would just worry about absolutely everything. Um, and I hadn't had that in pregnancy. Um, and it was, yeah, a couple of weeks after she was born for the, for another kind of like two months or so. And I found, I found that quite, quite crippling actually. I just was, yeah, completely overwhelmed by it. Um, and then the first time was actually after our first book came out, when Delicious Diella kind of really took off and I'd gone from having a kind of small, online community where you know we were sharing and and I was kind of just sharing what I was doing with Delicious Yellow which was just recipe creations really still to help myself and and then the book came out and everything just changed overnight and it grew so fast and suddenly people are talking about you rather than to you and suddenly people have all kinds of different opinions on you um that you can't control in any way because you've never met these people and they're not making the decision on you based on having conversation with you. And that was a very, um, yeah, I found that that sense of vulnerability there really, really overwhelming um, and felt kind of really quite paralyzed by it for, um, for a bit. Yeah. I think, yeah, for anyone, that's such a massive thing to suddenly be, um, exposed to all these opinions. And, and when I, you know, speak to people, this, this comes up the kind of thing about criticism and not wanting to make a mistake. And I suppose if that's on a massive scale with, you know, lots of people's opinions coming in, it can be really difficult. Um, how, how do you deal with, with kind of criticism and that sort of thing? Cause I guess it's just a, like a numbers game. The more people you have kind of following you, the more likely you're going to have people with unhelpful kind of ideas uh messaging you do you have any kind of how, how do you deal with that yeah it's I've it's been a real learning curve for me and I think I definitely had a moment then where you know the time we're talking about where I was like okay look I, there's you know you've got a choice now at this point like you don't have to keep doing it like there's a pretty easy get out you know still pretty young can go get another job and, and do something different and create a different career or if you want to do this like you're going to have to figure this out because this isn't just today, like this is going to be part and parcel of the career and you have to be fine that people have opinions on you and that some may be informed and some may be uninformed just in the sense that they don't really actually know anything about you. Um, and I found for me, criticism had to go into two buckets. Um, and the first was constructive criticism. And actually, you know, it's one of those things. Sometimes it's not always delivered in the most constructive way, but it is genuinely constructive criticism. And look, like we've all, we can all do better and be better, like for sure. And and that criticism is is genuinely helpful and I think has helped me and, and us as a business also learn and develop and grow. And, you know, some, sometimes that might be really small, like, oh, I made this recipe and I found it really unclear how you're talking about this or that. And, so, you know, sometimes it might be on a bigger scale, but it's, you know, it's genuinely constructive and it's not personal, which I think is, is the most important part, I guess, for me about that. It's, yeah, it's much more practical because criticism to some extent. Mm. And the second is personal criticism, which seems to just really exist oftentimes for the sake of 
sake of it and it will be someone being like i absolutely hate your voice and it's like what well, okay you know what's, what's wrong with people like sorry and you know or you've put on weight or you've lost weight or you know you're terrible mother and you know you're this and you're that and you're the next thing and you know I'm lucky I you know genuinely we I really don't think like in the scheme of things I get that much of that probably mostly because what we do is food and so you know people saying I hate that picture I hate that pasta I mean there's only so much offense I can take at that yeah um you know I'm sure it's a different story when you are kind of front and center all the time um because then it, they are more personal opinions people having opinions on pasta it is different than than on you um but I yeah at a certain point just had to say okay like some people are always going to think that about you and you just can't make everyone happy and like yes that exists on a big scale for example in what we do but that also is just like on a day-to-day level for all of us, you know, we just can't make everyone happy every day. It's just, it's just completely impossible. And I think we can really, really exhaust ourselves trying to do that. Um, trying to meet every single person's expectations and our expectations of ourselves every day. It's just, I think we, we really put those expectations very, very high sometimes. Mm, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, feel you on that exhaustion thing if we're trying to please everyone. Um, yeah. I was talking to my friend Sharu Izardi. She was on the podcast recently and she was saying how she looks at people's reviews on Amazon, book reviews of, of her most favourite book or favourite film. And you can see that some of them are terrible reviews and someone thinks, you know, Shawshank Redemption is a terrible film. And so, you know, it's just more evidence that we can't, can't keep everyone happy and someone's going to dislike you no matter how brilliant you are or yeah but you always you're always going to do something wrong for someone and um and I think if you're going to put something out there into the world like you just you have to be okay with that because otherwise I think it as I definitely felt to begin with it's it's quite crippling otherwise Mm, like I would never I've never read an interview that I've done anymore I never read them back ever so yeah. even, you know, like a big interview, you know, so very kind of beginning we on the cover of Telegraph magazine this weekend, I haven't read the interview. I won't read it. I never yeah. read it, um, you know, because it could take me to the comments section and I don't want to go to the comments section. So so I just won't read it. And I just don't. For me, that's the, the only way to do it is, is I just there's a level of which I just I can't engage because it becomes too negative and like certainly anything in the daily mail like don't read that oh god the comments section of the daily mail yeah. definitely made that mistake of reading some comments or something that i wrote and i was like no yeah. step away step it's, away it's really it's really really damaging i think yeah. um and as i said i think it's really important to take constructive criticism on board but that kind of criticism isn't constructive criticism that's just like mob rule keyboard warriors most of the time <laughs> keyboard warriors yeah <laughs> Yeah. So, okay. So, so just somehow in our minds, you know, for people listening, separating out what's constructive, you know, what can we learn from and what is just someone's random opinion that isn't helpful or useful to know, you know, can't change my voice, can't, you know, change certain things about myself, probably wouldn't want to, um, but yes, it might be your boss has criticism of you or your colleague and you don't like it, but it is genuinely probably 
constructive in some ways and it's going to help you in the long term even if you don't really like hearing it and I think it's it's but I think that that is different to just personal criticism for the sake of personal criticism Mm, yeah absolutely um I'm, I'm I know that for lots of people right now um people are in different work situations maybe getting made redundant furloughed maybe just considering what they want to do with their lives because they've got maybe more time or changing circumstances um what would you would you have any advice there's probably quite a big question um but would you have any advice for people who are thinking about working for themselves or starting a business or launching a blog or anything like that yeah it's it's a great question i would say part of me is like do it it's the best thing ever and the other part of me is like don't do it it's the worst thing ever (laughs) um it's well I don't know I think it's much harder than it looks and I think that there are massive upsides but I think there are massive downsides and I think there's a real glamorization of starting a business at the moment and like female entrepreneurship and like hashtag girl boss and I think there's so much about that that's amazing and empowering each other and feeling like there's opportunity and there's that's only a positive thing that being said it's really, 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 really hard. It's particularly hard in a pandemic. Um, and it's full on. It's it's super full on. Like if you run your own business, you are answerable seven days a week, 365 days a year. Christmas day does not mean a day off. Like it, it really doesn't. And it hasn't for us now for the, you know, since we kind of probably launched the business side of social Seattle five years ago, it really hasn't. Um, and you know, I think it's really important to acknowledge that. And that being said, like, it's incredible because you can put something in and, you know, put all the time in and, you you know, you really get to see and, and experience the growth and, and the learning and the excitement of doing something you care about every single day. And of you being a kind of free agent, I mean, I very much feel like, and I think Matt does too, like we work for the company. I don't feel like I can go and just do whatever I want. Like, you know, we've got 20 people that work for us. We've got a lot of overheads. We've got a big commitment. I don't feel like I can, you know, at the start of Delicious Yellow, I felt like I worked for myself. I don't really feel like I work for myself anymore. But that being said, I still get to make big decisions and I still get to do something that I love every single day. And I get to say, you know, I think we should do this and I don't think we should do that. And that is a massive, 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 massive privilege. Um, but the stress and the toll on your mental health of running your own business, I think is something that people don't talk about enough. And, you know, especially that startup phase. I mean, those first like two years or so, we really worked like full, full seven days a week, like a full day and the rest. We had no social life. We saw no friends. We canceled five attempts at a holiday in two years. We spent our first wedding anniversary. We meant to go away for the night and we cancelled it that morning to sit in a port cabin to finalise samples for Tesco's for our granola. Like, and, and this isn't just, I, I wouldn't change anything about it. Like, it's not to say poor us, like God, no. But I just think the reality, that that's the reality of it. And like, even a couple of weekends ago, it was Father's Day, it's Matt's first Father's Day. And we had this, really boring long story but basically lost our domain name we were locked out of every single company email so we had no way of replying we have 
a huge supply chain. We're in 7,000 stores with almost 30 products and we had no communication with our supply chain. Um, no, like none of our stockists could communicate with us. None of our delivery partners could communicate with us. None, none of our manufacturing partners, you know, none of our accounts. It was so stressful. So stressful. Yeah. I can't explain the stress. We spent Friday night on the phone till one o'clock in the morning to America. We canceled all our Father's Day plans. It was carried on for four days. Neither, not, neither of us slept for four days. And it's fine. Like, as I said, I wouldn't, <laughs> I genuinely, I wouldn't change it for the world. I love it because yeah. I, I've learned so much. I find it so interesting. And as I said, it's the biggest privilege to do something which you feel has purpose and that you have passion for and that you wake up excited to do and that you feel an independence in. I wouldn't change that for the world, but I do think that that part of it it has to be acknowledged um, because you don't get to turn off. Like you never ever get to turn off. Um, it just doesn't work like that. You know, you don't go, you don't have a holiday in the same way. You, mm. you, you have to know what's going on all the time. Um, and yeah, so I just think it's really important to be aware of the reality. And I think these again, that, you know, people have often say like, oh, why don't you do to see things like that on social media? But I mean, you can't, for example, that whole palaver a few weeks ago with our website and our emails and things, we can't put that on social media because there was a risk that our domain name would go to an auction. Can't tell people, oh yeah, you can like blackmail and bribe us and then we'll have to sue you. Jeez. <laughs> you can't advertise the problem. And, you know, same when we've had like issues, say in supply chain, you can't say that because Tesco will then call you up and be like, we can't stock you if this is what's going on. Yeah. So, you know, you, you can't so often talk about these things until later on, you know, and they've, you know, luckily it's been slightly smooth and sailing since, but, you know, especially the beginning, there were definitely a few times that we nearly went under and had real cash flow problems. You can't say that again. No one's like, what, what's your team going to say? You're like, oh, <laughs> we're in trouble. I saw this on Instagram, Ella, yeah. what's going on? Yeah, it's my job say. So you know and so i think that that is kind of part and parcel of it anyway and i think that's partly why in some senses there's a kind of glamorization of it because there is something so exciting about it there really is like it is so exciting there's a buzz about it that i wouldn't change for anything in the world but i think it's with anything in life like the rough comes with the smooth and mm -hmm. and life is full of ups and downs and i would just say that your highs are higher but your lows are lower and if you're the kind of person that enjoys that because it keeps life interesting which i am and i think matt is as well my husband and business partner then it's the best thing in the world that you can possibly do but if you don't enjoy it or it's not a time in your life where it's the right thing to do like stay away I'm sure there are people listening that are just breathing a sigh of relief, thinking, thank God I don't need to do that now. I just, it just let me off the hook. You know, I was thinking, I don't know, it's, maybe that's a bit of a pressure of like, you've got to have a side hustle. You've got to be a girl boss mm. and have like an Instagram business on the side or something, but actually. Unless Eric, can... I agree with you. I think yeah. there is a pressure for that. And I don't, like, life's for living and life's for enjoying. And if you don't enjoy that, like, spend that time with your friends. Yes, yes. Yeah, I heard quite a few people say, if you're thinking of starting a podcast, don't. Because unless you're committed to do it every single week for at least two years, you know, most podcasts take a couple of years apparently to kind of get any traction, then just don't bother starting. Um, which sounds kind of disheartening, but then I guess it just shows the level of kind of commitment that you need to have to kind of keep something going. Yeah, um, but I think, you know, I think 
it's it's disheartening but it's it's reality and i think sometimes our level of expectations are so high and then part of the reason that we struggle is we feel disheartened and disappointed that things don't happen the way we expect them to happen yeah yeah absolutely um i just want to ask you about your podcast um congratulations on how amazingly it's done what what have been have there been any kind of really interesting things that you've learned from it either from the guests that you've spoken with or from the actual process itself of, of putting that out there yeah it's definitely been one of my favorite things that we've ever done i've really i really really enjoy it i love yes yeah, it's, it's yeah i just absolutely love it i love the opportunity to learn from people um it feels you know i'm so interested in health and and wellness and our kind of well-being in general and so any opportunity to learn more i so 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 appreciate um so that that has been incredible for me um i think the every you know every guest has been fascinating and we've covered so many topics from like relationships to sleep to you know all manners of mental health and neurologists and you know all kinds of different things but there's been one kind of common thread actually between so many different people from neurologists to psychologists to you know a buddhist monk we interviewed and that was that to be happy is to be present and that's been for me i guess on a personal level the biggest learning from the podcast that i've taken away and again often easier said than done but i think there is a huge amount to be learned from that in just you know and obviously coronavirus what an amazing example of it we do not know what's going to happen tomorrow like yeah none of us have got a clue you know where this year is taking us where next year is taking us like and that is scary and i think that's a lot for people and their mental health right now but i just really have been like really listening to that advice more than ever which is like like all you have is today and now and it's the only thing you know literally it's the only certainty you have in your life so just try and appreciate that and make most of that and I do totally subscribe to the idea that I think I think I am certainly much 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 happier living that way. Nothing you can do about what happened yesterday, and you haven't got a clue what's going to happen next week. So, other than like obviously the practical elements of like planning meetings, you know, just just let the headspace of it go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that, and it's it's one of those ideas that it's it's so simple and we often think that our happiness is going to lie in kind of some kind of 10 step plan and getting this and getting this job and moving to this place. And actually none of that stuff matters if we're constantly in the past or the future, unless we're present. And yeah, I think that's such a a wonderful reminder for us. Just Yeah. I mean, I don't think the when I ever makes you happy. We all do it. You know, when I finish this, when I get this done, when this happens, it just doesn't, it doesn't make you happy. No, no, Because no, it's no. always the next thing. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I think, yeah, I wonder if we're, yeah, definitely learning that more in lockdown, it, it, especially as a lot of the things that maybe would have made us happy before have been taken away from us, like holidays and yeah. going out for nice meals and things, and we're having to, to find happiness in different ways. Um, what is most important to you right now? I'd love to know. Yeah, family, like by a million miles. And I think 
this yeah I think there have been loads of lessons from coronavirus to be honest but I think that for me is one of them that like actually as you said you, you've got to find such joy and such happiness in just your every single day and for me like time with Matt and Sky our daughter like that's just that's just everything and it, it genuinely makes me so 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 happy and just I don't really need anything else other than like a nice cup of coffee and um you know simple 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 but just being at home being with them is um genuinely such a massive source of happiness Mm, yeah amazing yeah my um my two sisters moved 10 minutes up the road from me in Hackney just as lockdown began and it was it was it was amazing, but they were just so close, and I couldn't see them for three months or so. And I saw them yesterday, and we all had a little cry being able to yeah, be reunited again. Yeah, mm. yeah, so nice. Definitely um, thinking a lot about getting a dog, moving to the countryside, changing a lot of different things. Um, need to persuade my landlord to let me get a dog. I need to. Oh, yeah, honestly, it's the best. Yeah. Everyone, everyone says that everyone yeah. who has a dog is extremely enthusiastic. I haven't met any, any dog owners that are like, nah, don't bother. No, it brings so much to your life. The, well, there's two things. One, it always makes the like house so warm. Like they're just so warm, you know, they don't have bad moods, not really. Yeah. And so there's just this kind of happiness that they exude that I think brings a lot to a room. But also I love that it makes me get out every day. I really appreciate that so, so much. Like we go on a walk first thing every morning. That's quite early because Sky is an early riser. Yeah. It's often at like 6, 6.30. Um, but it's so nice. Oh my God, it's so nice. And even if you're stressed and you're worried, you haven't sat well, whatever. It's a sunny day. It's not a sunny day. Just getting out the house first thing in the morning and going for a walk is just magic. It, it For us, definitely makes like the biggest difference to our mental health. Mm, yeah oh my god okay okay I'm desperate for a dog my dog broodiness is like getting a bit out of control I'm gonna have to speak to the landlord again or maybe just move maybe just move house um thank you so much for everything that you shared it's been amazing um when is your new book out and where can people find out more about you and yeah what else you're offering yeah so our new book quick and easy so it's over 100 plant-based recipes it's all about yeah making it quick and easy um that's out this thursday so the uh 9th of july let me just triple check that day yeah that's the 9th it's the 6th today and um and it's currently half price on amazon and waterstones um which is very nice and um yeah otherwise i think probably the best place to find out more about us is social media at delicious yellow our podcast is called delicious yellow our website's called delicious yellow all our products are called delicious yellow it's nice and easy brilliant yeah and i'll put all those links in the show notes as well um yeah i have had a little advanced look at your book and it looks amazing and i saw as well you post on instagram these i don't know what you call it is it a chocolate fondant and you have like a slow-mo video of the chocolate fondant yeah I'm make that at the weekend oh my god they're heaven absolutely yeah. heaven okay we have to let me know how you get on yes 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 will do thank you so much for speaking to me my pleasure. thanks for having me today You have been listening to the Karma You podcast with me, Chloe Brotheridge. Don't forget you can download loads of freebies for anxiety and confidence at my website, karmayou.com. You can also find out about my app and my one-on-one sessions. 
please do subscribe to this podcast in the Apple Podcast app. And if you have enjoyed it or found it helpful, please leave me a review. It makes a massive difference to helping the podcast get discovered by other people. And come on over and find me on Instagram. I'm hanging out there every day. You can find me at Chloe Brotheridge. Let me know what you thought of this episode. And please do share it with anyone who might need to hear this today. So I'm sending you loads of love and I hope you have a brilliant week ahead. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com.